the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, basically. Isn't that what you just mentioned? Yeah, (laughs) it's in the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. That's pretty much... Um, 1800. When we started, when we started taking fucking up shit. Yeah, when we started doing like mass industry. When we started with also the trains. Yeah. The steam energy steam. isn't a bad thing, but coal, coal is not depend, good. Depended on that for oh, over way over a hundred something years. Coal is the same thing. We're taking something out of the ground and burning it, and that's what our oceans are warming up because the surface of the world is getting warmer. The oceans have absorbed a lot of the heat since the year 1969. The temperature of the top 23,000 feet, 2,300 feet of the sea has increased by about 0.302 degrees Fahrenheit. (coughs) So a third of a degree since 1969. That's pretty big. That's Uh, ice sheets are shrinking. The ice sheets Mm -hmm. from Greenland and Antarctica have reduced a lot. According to the data from an experiment by NASA, Greenland lost about 36 to 60 cubic miles of ice each year. This happened between the years 2002 and 2006. Antarctica lost 36 cubic miles of ice every year between the years of um, 2002 and 2005. Wow. Glaciers are disappearing. As a result of the increasing temperatures here on Earth, glaciers are quickly becoming things of legends. Glaciers are disappearing at an alarming rate. All around the world, glaciers are retreating and growing smaller every day. Some areas are getting less snow. During the end of winter and the beginning of spring, we used to get more snow before the temperature of the planet went up. In some places in the world, we are getting less snow overall. Also, the snow is melting earlier than usual. Sea levels are rising. The seas have increased a lot. The sea levels in the world have risen about eight inches within the past century. However, it gets even worse since the rate of increase has doubled within the last two decades. This is in comparison to the previous century. Arctic sea ice has reduced. Not only is the extent of the sea ice in the Arctic diminished, but the thickness has too. Looking at pictures NASA has taken from space to study the disappearance of Arctic sea ice should be enough to make anyone believe in global warming. Mm. Severe weather events have increased. Not only has the number for record high temperatures in some areas been growing, but the record low numbers have been getting lower quickly over the last few decades. Also, the amounts of rainfall have increased in the United States. States. The oceans have been acidifying. Since the start of the Industrial Revolution, the amount of acidity in our oceans has increased about 30%. Wow. Okay. Going back to the severe weather, like this this year has been a mess for the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, mess for the Midwest. Huh? That's funny. Um, like there's still flooding. Um, and then they've had more tornado action uh, than rec- than normal. Poji said that too. He said that it was like crazy tornadoes and crazy hail storms. Yeah, like crazy, crazy hail. Like I've been having to call family up like at least once a week. Like, are you guys okay? Are you guys flooded tornado? You know, something's always going on. Well, and tornadoes are crazy, and that's why hail gets involved. Is that it's raining and it's cold, and then it becomes an ice ball, and it gets so thrown cool, back though. up into the sky because of the tornado. Yeah, and so it keeps coming up and down and around because of the. They're really air picking it up. Thing. This crazy hail is 
crazy, and if they get big enough, you could get hurt. Oh no, I've gotten you hurt get hit by, in the head by I've a gotten hit in the side of the head by a hail, like a little golf ball size. Hit. I mean, you it could is, you could die. Yeah, like they they. I would have to look that up. Yeah. Has anyone ever died from a hailstorm? Hailstorm, probably. Shit, that shit hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this just like this this year's not over yet, and right. we're not, summer ha- actually hasn't technically began yet. So we're already starting off, you know, to a shitty start of the year. We had those horrible snowstorms, those floods in the Midwest, crazy tornado action. And then we've had some of the craziest couple of days here where mm. it is so abnormal. We just, it is to, too hot for yeah, people to even deal. The, uh, what was it? Monday, it was actually a hundred degrees. That's here. crazy. That's crazy. It's actually, yesterday was 94. I went to the beach yesterday. That's what I took my ass to do. Uh, in May 2017, the World Meteorological Organization announced the highest reported historical death tolls from hailstorms. Ooh. 2017. So okay. that's not too long ago. Oh. I bet you it's like in some third world country. That was like hailstorm death. Well, also the, all the pictures for hailstorm deaths were um, of flamingos. In May 2017, the World Meteorological Organization announced the highest reported historical death tolls from hailstorms. It found that a severe hailstorm occurring near Morabad, Uttar Pradesh, India, on the 30th of April, 1888, killed 246 people with hailstones as large as goose eggs and oranges and cricket balls. Ow! That's a lot of... So that's the highest death storm. I knew knew it was going to be in some crazy place. I knew it was like probably... I I was thinking Asia. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, India's part of Asia technically, I guess. Um, This is from... Oh, this is 2016. Hail deadliest storms. I can tell you some tornado ones. All hail deadliest storms. You know what's even scary? Like, I I don't want to sound like one of those crazy people that talk about the end of times, but you know we're coming up on our 30th anniversary of uh, the 1989 earthquake. Really? Yeah. Wow. October. Wow. Wait, it was it was during the it was during the, the, the World, World Series. Series. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I have a feeling that we're gonna be expecting something really soon. Wow. Thirty years later, sure. Well, I live on a rock. Uh, I'm on real land in the city, so I'm not too worried. But I'm also worried because I'm on the I'm on the fourth floor of a brick building, which I feel oh, like shit. if it's shook enough, it's just gonna crumble. So, oh, I didn't realize your shirt's brick. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a big brick building uh, from 1934. I just worry about my cat being home. Uh, so here are the death toll from a storm in April 13th, 1360. was known as Black Monday. A thousand soldiers died during the, the Hundred Years' War. The uh, English invasion army, uh, invasion of France, and a thousand... Um, died. 200 people were killed by a sudden and severe hailstorm while traveling in a valley in Rupkund, India in 850 AD. The skeletons of victims were discovered by a British forest guard in 1942. The National Geographic team examining the remains of... (coughs) In 2004, reported the victims of Skeleton Lake suffered blows to the head from blunt, round objects about the size of cricket balls, and they concluded they were from a hailstorm. That's 
Wow, jeez. And that was uh, A.D.? That was in... Uh, 13 A.D.? That was 850 A.D. 850 A.D. So they just didn't have any cover. More than 200 people were believed to be killed during a hailstorm in China in 1932. Oh. The deadliest hailstone recorded hailstones took the lives of 246 people in Morabad, India in 1988. What? In 1988, 246 people killed in Morabad, India. Or, you know what, so that's the thing. The one before had a mistake, and it said 1888, and it was really 1988. Oh, so that's recent. Yeah. Hailstorms weighing up to two pounds caused the death of 92 people in Gopaganj, Bangladesh in 1986. These are, you're right, they're all like down there. In 2013, at least nine people were killed throughout several villages in the state of Alhandra, Pradesh, India. The deadly storm destroyed houses, crops, and livestock. Uh, deaths from hailstorms are rare in the United States, but a pizza delivery man was killed by hail in Fort Worth, Texas in 2000, according to the Weather Channel. I guess he didn't get that pizza delivered. No, he got hit Not in the head. Not funny, sorry. I'm so afraid, though, sometimes that something's going to fly out from somewhere and hit me in the head like hail. Well, that's the scary thing about tornadoes, too. It's not the fact of you getting sucked up into it. It's the fact of all the debris. Hitting you in the face. Yeah, chopping your head off. Yeah. That shit is... Coming fast. It's coming, yeah. I mean, you don't want to be in the tornado, of course, but the majority of deaths, that's flying debris. Slate reported in 2006 at least 27 people were killed when hailstorms and tornadoes swept, swept through the Midwest and the South. However, those deaths included incidents caused by strong winds such as a tree falling on a person and an occupant killed when his mobile home turned over. It's difficult to attribute whose deaths were caused by hail, if any. Um, (laughs) A hailstorm killed eight people along the Watery River in South Carolina in 1784, according to a report in Atlas Obscura. The South Carolina Gazette reported the hailstones measured about nine inches in circumference and also killed geese, lambs, sheep, and birds. What year? 18 what? Or 17? 1784. So those are the most deadly. Okay. I hope those were just the slave owners. Yeah, and then hail... (laughs) Yeah, right? And with hailstorm deaths, all the pictures seem to be of dead flamingos, which are very sad. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know how I got on that. Global warming, more hail. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you just type in severe weather 2019, you're going to see some really wacky, crazy shit. I mean, this is... I I don't mind it being hot, but it... Like, uh, to me, it just got really scary. Like, yeah. the fact of, like, I know I know it's real, but it's like, okay. Severe weather so far in 2019. This is from something called Wood TV Weather Blog. Wood TV. <laughs> Wood TV. Get it, boy. <laughs> Severe weather so far in 2019. Oh, wow. So, um, the report. That's all the dots are the reports. Notice those are a lot of red states. Yeah, the (laughs) whole (laughs) eastern seaboard in the south, all the way through Texas, is has a lot of severe weather. Wow. I'm. I I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Um, No, that's a lot. Twenty-two in Michigan. I mean, you can look at the different wet the pattern. It's it's basically like at least California isn't being affected like crazy. No, we we have ours coming. I don't think it'll be, like I said, in a form of a weather event. I think it'll be an earth-shaking event. Right. I'm scared of that. I'm very scared. 
I, I'm luckily I'm on a little hill too because I'm not too far away from the bay so but the people that live down below me god bless y'all <laughs> if anything shall happen i just don't want to be on a bridge oh my god i don't every time i cross the bridge i always think 1985 today's earthquakes in san francisco bay area california we've had zero earthquakes in the past 24 hours two earthquakes in the past seven days 19 earthquakes in the past no, I didn't even realize I it. don't ever feel anything. I don't either. I sleep that hard? Wow. I guess. So um, this has all of the, all of them. Napa. What's the, uh, there was Richter one scale. yesterday in Napa, about 12 hours ago in Napa, 2.7. Okay. About 23 hours ago, Mountain House, California, 2.1. About 23 hours ago, 3.0 Mountain House. Three days ago, Bay Point, uh, 1.6 Bay Point, California. Three days ago, 1.6 Angwin, California. Seven days ago, Bay Point, California, 1.5. Let's look for a, a bigger one. 2.4, 13 days ago in San Martin. I don't even know where that is. Oh, there was one right here. 11 days ago, 1.5 in uh, Tamalpais Valley, which is just right up from us, just in Marin there. Oh, it's Marin. Yeah. Oh, shit. Livermore, they've had one recently. Oh wow! That's that's where the mountain house is. About, uh, Do you recall like being in the earth? I'm not in the earthquake, but yeah. when that happened in '89. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I remember it because I remember that it was the, the ball game, and also I was upstairs and I was taking a dump, and I was on the <laughs> you, toilet. You, <laughs> I was on the toilet, and everything started shaking, and I got up without my pants on, and I stood in the. Um, door frame because I guess that's where you're supposed to stand it's the safest place or whatever you didn't even get so I didn't wipe. even put my no I didn't even wipe and I just stood up and I was like this is really scary and it went on for a while and then it stopped and I was I feel like probably the safest place in the house because I was like in a door frame inside of a bathroom like so there was a bathroom door frame that went out to the hall but then there was an inner bathroom door frame and I was in there you're just holding my... and I hold the inner door yeah and it was fine I mean I wasn't like safe or shaky and some stuff fell off the walls and um, it was scary, but it was fun. I mean, I, but I was in Danville, so yeah, okay. yeah. my dad was in the city. He was still at work and he oh, actually shit. had to stay in and they put out a newspaper. They got their generators up and they put out a newspaper at midnight because everything, all the power was turned off and he couldn't get home, couldn't get across the bridge. So he was at the Chronicle Examiner at the time and they're like, let's put out a newspaper. Was your mom kind of freaked out? Like, Yeah, but he had, I think that we knew everything was okay. I mean... I think that somehow he communicated that. It was before the days of cell phones. Right, it was right, 1989. Right. But um, I'm sure that he figured out a way. Because he was right down there at 5th and Fifth and Market at the at that building. And um, chaos. Chaos. But so, oh, yeah, yeah earthquakes are real. Yeah, yeah. Could, that's when... He oh, couldn't sh- get home. He used to, used to van pool. Shit. So he couldn't... Uh, 3.2 about a month ago in Calistoga. Uh, but that, this one. is yeah today at 3.0 in Mountain House, California. This week 3.0 in Mountain House, California. This month 3.0 in Mountain House, California. This year 3.7 in Black Point Green, California. We've had 380 earthquakes in the past 365 days. That's an earthquake every once a day in the San Francisco Bay Area. Damn. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. But I guess that means that it's not a big deal. It's safer than we think or something because 
it's better to have that jolt rather than the big one Is maybe that yeah saying? like it's sort of like burping like if you think of the plates like seismic plates and the gas underneath them and they're like burping out little bits like that's why they sort of rumble here and there yeah I mean, that's the only way I can kind of try to make sense of it in my stoner brain. <laughs> but I also feel like those plates can be maneuvered by things like pulling, fracking, fracking and filling it with water or doing underground bomb testing. I feel like that could have some effects on some tectonic plate issues. And then that it could, does. It, it, it might have, there's some, like the Fiji, like tsunami, there was some tsunamis and shit that happened. And if you look back, like, you know, India and Pakistan were both underground testing. Could could that maybe have affected something that could have maybe a couple months later turned into something else, like a tsunami on another part of the world? Like, how much does the butterfly effect work, and do we write it off as the butterfly effect when it's like things actually have meaning? Like, when you do something, there's a... Like, wait, there's an... Every action has an equal and opposite you can't like energy can't be created or destroyed you just kind of keep moving it around and that's a fact that's scientifically proven that's not an opinion so like when you i mean so if you pulled that's why i feel like if you're moving the tectonic plates around like isn't that energy it's it, got to go somewhere it, it is because going back to the fracking that's why in oklahoma they've been having those earthquakes because mm, of fracking mm, yeah mm. and uh and it's very uncommon of places like Oklahoma. Not saying that it, it, it could never happen, but they're playing with the plates uh, because of fracking. Man-made earthquakes. How fracking disposal wells can cause earthquakes. The culprit of earthquakes near fracking sites is not believed to be the act of drilling and fracturing the shale itself, but rather the disposal. It's because they... It's But they're disposing of it and they're filling up uh, hydraulic fracturing or fracking, a drilling process that injects millions of gallons of water, sand, and chemicals under high pressure into a well, cracking the rock to release natural gas and oil, has only been known rarely to cause earthquakes. But the disposal of drilling wastewater used in fracking has now been scientifically linked to earthquakes. The fluids used in fracking and the wastewater that comes back up the well is disposed of by injecting it into disposal wells deep underground. This is generally regarded as the safest, most cost-efficient way to get rid of it. But in some parts of the country, especially in Barnett Shale area around Dallas-Fort Worth, it has also been causing earthquakes, and they're growing in both number and strength. <laughs> How fracking disposal wells can cause earthquakes. The culprit of earthquakes near fracking sites is not believed to be the act of drilling and fracturing the shale itself, but rather the disposal wells. Disposal wells are the final resting place for the used drilling fluid. These waste wells are located thousands of feet underground, encased in layers of concrete. They usually store the waste from several different wells. There are more than 50,000 disposal wells in Texas, servicing more than 216 thousand active drilling wells according to the railroad commission each well uses about 4.5 million gallons of chemical laced water Oof. the model i use is called the air hockey table model says cliff forage a research scientist at the institute for geophysics at the university of texas at austin you have an air hockey table suppose you tilt it there's no air on the puck it'll just sit there gravity wants to move it but 
but it doesn't because the friction with the table surface. But if you turn the air on for hockey table, the puck slips. Faults are the same, he said. If you pump water in a fault, the fault can slip, causing an earthquake. Scientists in my community know that injection can sometimes cause earthquakes, Froelich says. The science linking man-made earthquakes to oil and gas industry isn't anything new. Decades ago, researchers even found they could turn earthquakes on and off by injecting liquid into the ground, says Dr. William Ellsworth Whoa. of the Earthquake Science Center of the U.S. Geological. Logical survey. This was seen as validation of the effective stress model, he told Stale Pact, Texas. This work was published in Science Magazine and many other publications. Recent research has found definitive links between these disposal wells and earthquakes, particularly in Texas. The quakes are linked to drilling in Barnett Shale. The productive portion of the Barnett Shale is located directly beneath Johnston Tarrant in western Dallas counties, about half a mile and a mile and a half underground. The shale contains an estimated 40 trillion cubic feet of natural gas, making it the largest onshore natural gas field in Texas and potentially the United States. A University of Texas at Austin from studied last summer found a definitive link between earthquakes in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and disposal wells in the Barnett Shale. An earlier study, do you think they care? An, no. an, an earlier study by scientists at Southern Methodist University and UT found links between disposal wells near the DFW airport and induced earthquakes for a series of quakes in 2008 and 2009. The study specifically looked at two injection wells in the area that were built in 2008. Seven weeks later, earthquakes started. We were the DFW earthquakes natural or triggered by activities associated with natural gas production, most likely saltwater injection to dispose of brines, the report asked. And the study said, yes, the correlations are consistent with an induced or triggered source. The quakes studied uh, from that two-year period were all in the 3.0 magnitude or below. But in the years since, there have been several more quakes above 3.0 in the area, going as high as 3.5. Wow. There have been more than 50 earthquakes in the area since 2008. And this is how old is this? I don't know. But I'm really stoked that we found it. Yeah. We're right. I've said for a long time that it, that's got to make sense that fracking causes earthquakes. Yeah. It yeah. only makes sense. It's been an issue, like in states like Texas it and Oklahoma. Only makes and they've sense. They've been trying. They've been trying to. There have been people protesting uh, against the fracking thing, and then also too, um, people. I, I think it, this happened in Ohio where they were fracking and like their water caught on fire or some shit. Ah. Yeah. Like really crazy. This is what man is doing. That's what we're doing. Yeah. No man-made food, man-made stuff. And the question is, wh when we make our replicated food, because that'll that'll exist soon. You, you know, you press the button and da da da. There's your milkshake or whatever. What is it made out of? What, like, is it know. all made out of corn? Is it all made out of like baby stem cells? Is it all made out of hemp? Is it all made out? What what is it? Is it like? Is it a machine that like that like builds? Builds it out of hemp and then it injects it with edible flavor. Like what is? It's like that movie Sewing It Green. Oh, it's people. It's people. <laughs> but seriously, what are we gonna? Um, 
What are we going to do with our overpopulation problem? And when the overpopulation is going to get so scary, because when the global warming, when all of our deserts exponentially grow and we make a huge swath of our planet uninhabitable, all those people have to go somewhere. And then the racism that we have and the walls and all that shit is going to be terrible. We need to break down all the walls. We need to be like, we're all humans. Because, so it's like, are we just going to say, oh, sorry, the place that you got, you were, you lived in is uninhabitable. You can't come to Well, isn't most of the population Oregon. in Asia anyway? No. I don't, I mean, I thought that was well, the old, the that's, and that's something that happens in the heat. Old people die. <laughs> that's um, <laughs> with the exception of Japan. I mean, China, that's what I meant. Not Asia. Excuse me. China is the one that is the country that has the most people in the world. So yeah. well, are they aging or are they just, are, no, they take the, care of their own. The so. Japanese are though. They're going to be dying off real soon. If they don't start fucking. Well, let's, I want to look up like a, a, a global warming desert spread, something like that. Someone's got to be talking about this right global warming desert spread because like sahara desert expandly largely largely due to climate change okay that's oh, exactly what i want oh nice. yeah so like if i mean not nice not but nice but if this if the sahara like sorry the largest desert in the world right and, it, and the gobi desert is in is in um in china so uh, climate change is making deserts greener. That's interesting. Climate change is making deserts greener. The desert spread is temperature. Oh, here, this is the picture I want. I want an image. Um, deserts are already spreading. 50-year trend in Palmer drought severity index, 1950 to 2002. And... Uh, and the negative, the drier areas. Oh, and that's interesting because the, the drier areas are up even in the tundra. And I, I don't usually think of a desert like that, but yeah, yeah it's it's a desert up there because yeah. it, there's ice, but it's too cold. It's uninhabitable is the thing. So it's when these purple spaces, these purple spaces are like the uninhabitable kind of stuff. Oh, the purple ones? The Sahara Desert is spreading south into Darfur and the Sahel. See Spain, Italy, Greece. Oh, they're having trouble. The Gobi Desert is spreading into northeast China. More sandstorms visit Beijing. Retreating glaciers moisten the soil in Tibet. The USA lucked out until 2007. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm scared. We should all be scared, I guess. What but, can we do? But global warming isn't real. But what can we do? The thing is, I mean, honestly, what, we can stop can fracking. We, we can stop fracking. We, we can do that. But we as individual people, like I don't drive a car, so I can't really go very much farther than already reducing my carbon footprint. But like I could look for less packaging in my foods. That, I could go with yeah. less packaging. I could always bring my own bags. I can I can be responsible for my plastic intake. I need to do that, too with the plastic intake but it's, sometimes it's hard especially if you're going to the store after you went for a jog right <laughs> well and pla plastic they take it from the ground and, and I mean it's just it's like petrol too um, warming climate increases the spreading of the Sahara the Sahara spread is now established its sands are on the march the desert is growing thanks to climate change in the last century, the region of the Sahara, technically defined as desert, has increased by at least 10%.
and the area that becomes technically desert with less than 100 millimeters, 3.93 inches of rain a year, has increased this summer, the wet season, over the same period by 16%. And if climate change is at work in Northern Africa, the same may hold true for some of the world's other deserts as well, researchers warn. U.S. meteorologists report the Journal of Climate that they looked at data from the years 1920 to 2013 to explore annual trends. Deserts are the natural, natural geographic features with no fixed boundaries. Parts of them can bloom in rainier years and support crops, even foraging animals, only to become extreme arid zones a year or two later. Deserts exist because the natural circulation of the atmosphere. Air rises at the equator and descends in the subtropics to flow back to the equator near ground level and establish a pattern of low precipitation. Weather experts call this phenomenon the Hadley circulation after the 18th century British natural philosopher George Hadley. Climate change is likely to widen the Hadley circulation, causing a northward advance of the subtropical deserts, said Sumant Nagam, a professor of Atmospheric and Oceanic Studies at the University of Maryland, one of the authors of the study. The southward creep of the Sahara, however, suggests that additional mechanisms are at work as well. The other factors probably linked to the shifts in the Sahara sands include a natural climate cycle known to oceanographers and meteorologists as the Atlantic Multidecal Oscillation. Overlapping patterns. The headache for climate scientists to distinguish one natural pattern of change from another. More alarming trend as a consequence of climate change triggered by global warming as a consequence of the ever-increasing use of fossil fuels by human economies. And such dissections are not simple. The Sahara expands in the arid winter and shrinks a little with the summer rains. Between the shifting dunes of the Sahara and the fertile savannas of tropical Africa lies the Sahel, a region that straddles 14 nations, from Senegal on the Atlantic coast through Mali and Chad to Ethiopia on the Red Sea. Researchers have repeatedly warned that climate change could bring more famine to this precarious region, but other scientists have detected a trend toward increased rainfall that could make parts of the Sahel flourish again with climate change. The latest study suggests that on evidence of water levels in Lake Chad, overall conditions could become harsher for the meager grasslands and impoverished communities of the Sahel century-long trend. The Chad Basin falls in the region where the Sahara has crept southward, and the lake is drying out. It's a very visible footprint of reduced rainfall, not just locally, but across the whole region, says Professor Nagam. This, the scientists attribute about a third of the shift to the desert's regime to human-induced climate change and the rest to other cyclical weather patterns. The research have, researchers have been examining desertification for decades, but this paper is claimed to be the first to establish a trend over most of a century, according to Natalie Thomas of the University of Maryland, who led the study. Our priority was to document the long-term trends of rainfall and temperature in the Sahara. The next step is to look at what these driving, look what is driving these trends for the Sahara and elsewhere. We have already started looking at a seasonal temperature trend over North America, for example. Here, winters are getting warmer, but summer are about the same. In Africa, it's the opposite. Winters are holding steady, but summers are getting warmer. So the stresses in Africa are already more severe. Yikes. And then what's going to happen to all those people? Like, let's just say that whole Sahel era, right? That whole Sahel area. 
Um, I'll put Sahel map in and we'll see how many people. Um, it's this, wow, it's this whole, it stretches from one side to the other. Wow. Oh, wow. It goes all the way across, across in the a co- big band. Continent. So imagine that all those people have to migrate somewhere. Now they're, now where they live is uninhabitable. There's 14 countries that it spreads across. And all of those people are like, can't live here anymore. And they either have to move south, can, 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 that's a huge, that's a huge amount of space. And, that's and a, yeah. how many people live there? How many millions of people will be displaced and where are they going to go? And if you look at our current immigration policies, they're not coming here. No. We're not going to let anybody in. Well, they're trying to stop people like now, like in European countries, you know, there are a lot of people that have been migrating to Europe, um, not just because of the, well, well, the, the war, war. Syria. I yeah. mean, war, I mean, which that that's climate war affects climate yeah. change too. Sure. Um, yeah. And then there's been a lot of people in Africa. What Instead happened. of rain, it rains bullets. Yeah. It's right? really dangerous. It's, it's way more dangerous than hail. <laughs> bullets. It's true. Yeah. You're bound to die. But if you get hit in the head yeah um but there have been uh people uh, from africa that have been migrating to european countries because of either i mean it it, food Mm -hmm. famine famine yeah that's climate change or war yeah that also goes into that umbrella as well well. because why are we fighting with people because of we want their oil because climate change well i mean which causes climate change yeah and then there's other things involved like because um africa has the best resources in the world that's why western countries been raping it well and so here's the thing though is that we wouldn't have a leg to stand on anymore because if you have a cross section of africa like that it goes right through ethiopia and ethiopians are overwhelmingly christian so are we going to be like well america will take ethiopians but we won't take any muslims and it's like why would you even and then it becomes do we take anyone from africa at all or do we just go straight up racist from the beginning and say well we used to want to take all africa but now we ain't taking anybody from africa well wouldn't that be irony 360 all the way down like we stole people we kidnapped people from this region but now now that there could be displaced people because of a huge climate change that's happening mostly because of our carbon footprint because of our use of fossil fuels uh, would we close our borders we already have he didn't he, he didn't um, he already did, close didn't, didn't he call um those places shithole countries right, anyway right that's so right. i mean we're yeah that's but actually happening. I just think like I think we just uncovered something kind of big, actually. Yeah, I didn't. I no had no idea about, about that. I had no idea about that. That's crazy. And I guess I'm. And that's what's going with Europe right now. That's why you have these far right people coming out and wanting to close their borders yep. as well because they're afraid of the same thing that's going on here: the browning of their country. But, but the thing is that the world that we all live on the same planet the world and when we used to steal people from certain places can we all be like hey everybody we're all people we all live here we have to together make some concessions so that we don't all die because what's to say that if the sahara is gonna displace these 20 million people what if it happens on what if there's all kinds of places where the deserts expand or things become either too cold or too hot and there are only these certain places that we can cohabitate on this planet are we all just going to start killing each other are we going to have a huge huge war is that what's coming and we're going to be like well 
sorry. Good luck. Uh, you grew up. You were born in a fucked up place, but we don't give a fuck. We're, we're closing there. our bar. I mean, is that? We're already there. It's they're just not saying it that way. We're already there. I mean, we're not taking any more migrants in um, from Central America because I mean, because it's the same thing, the fear of the browning of America, which is already going to happen anyway. But the thing is, it's like we have the we have the wrong fears then, and we have to change. We have to change the fears. The fear needs to be maybe a respect for Mother Earth or Father Earth. Call it anything you want, but we are fucking up right now. Oh, God, yeah. And we are, and a lot of, and I hate to say it, but people haven't died in a while and a lot of people need to die. We sort of need another World War II situation with 25 million Russians. And I feel like there just there has to be sort of a, an I and I hate to use the word ethnic cleansing, but of all I feel like all humans, but maybe we need no. a common goal or something together. Like we really gotta. This is gonna be fucked up. I, I know what I know what ethnic cleansing I would do. All the races. All the races. But they're but they're already doing that anyway with opioids here in this country. See? That is. So That's, keep killing yourselves. Yeah, it's you're doing you're doing a favor. You're doing a great service to your country. I just, when do we? When do we realize that more important than the creature comforts that we have accumulated within the last? 200 years during this industrial revolution, these cars, these phones, these these things to make things easier. Yes, was it difficult to have a cow and to milk it every morning and then take the cream and siphon it off and make your butter and then like keep your milk at a certain temperature so it wouldn't go bad? Did it suck before refrigeration because you had to consume all that milk or cook it or make it sour to do something else with it? But you ain't isn't my that... Refrigerator. I'm I know, sorry, I know. Take, no, no. I mean, well, the thing is, though, that... No, I, I, I get it. But uh, some of the creature comforts I feel like are important, but I feel like if we get back as a people to dealing with the most important things, feeding each other, having a good time, not dying, uh, like, why do we need all this industry? Why do we need all these jobs? Like, if we could just, like, We're, grow food and eat it and hang industry? out. and What jobs? There's no industry really anymore. Well, I mean, other than just tech industry. Right. It, well, here I mean, at least. With yeah, the apps yeah. I mean, there is. That's the problem right now. People aren't working, and so when people aren't working, they become destitute, and when the and desperate, and when desperation happens, crime goes up, and then people and then the education of people falls down too and with the education of that they don't know about how to take care of their environment and they don't know how to take care of themselves better they just yeah. listen they just it's, it's just a cycle of cycle. shitty things that happen like for example like the neighborhood i live in i think if if, if the education would have been a little bit more a little bit better maybe we wouldn't have so many people that would litter on the street oh my god which I, drives me crazy because People do it here. They throw trash out the bus window. And I'm like, what? It's like, dude, you're right by a trash can. How lazy can you get and be? And I think the fact of the matter is like the environment and the education 
they weren't charged certain things. It was just like, well, it's just a bag. Well, that bag adds up. Right. It's just it, a, it, it becomes a pileup of garbage, and that pileup and turns out to be a fucking island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Right. Every, and so every on. Plastic bottle. Yeah. Oh, I, I really, I, I really, I always get back to socialism because I think that if we could care, if we could just. Like, I get it. People want their creature comforts. I get it. But there is no reason why we can't provide food and shelter for every person on the planet. And you could say, what? Oh, there are people who are lazy. Why You can't give them a handout. Just makes them lazy. It's like, no, people deserve... Food and shelter. Yeah. I, those people who say stupid shit like that, I'm like, fuck you. Those are usually the ones that are lazy anyway that say well, st- silly shit like that. And I love, I was just thinking today, I was like, what are things that make me happy? And honestly, Healthcare. it was like, no, it was um, the first thing I thought of was a really good um, samosa, fresh deep fried samosa. Oh, that sounds <gasps> or like a taco, like a really, like a really good street taco. I'm hungry. And I know I am too. But the first two things I thought of of things that make me happy were food, and and then I thought, well, yeah, I, I didn't think of my. Instagram account or my iPhone or my That's TV show. I didn't think of that wasn't like things that make me happy. I didn't I mean I thought of Jonathan too but but if you think about things that make you happy it really doesn't have anything to do with the uh, accumulation of stuff and things in your life and the buying and purchasing of things like sometimes they can accompany that like having a cute outfit on when you go get a delicious taco but I don't know. I just feel like we should be able to take care of everybody's needs because our needs really, truly, as humans, are pretty simple. Oh, absolutely. Feed Food, us. clothing, shelter. Give us a place to poop. Give me a place to lay my head and with that, where I won't get a hailstorm to kill me in my sleep. <laughs> I, I, need a, I need a safe place where I won't get smashed by a brick or a hailstorm at night. <laughs> that's, that's it. And a place to put, put my poop so that I don't have to, like... You know, put it on the street. I, just a <laughs> nice place. And food. Like, and even, you know, like, real food. No, I don't, I like, apples and shit. You know, like, yeah. like zuki- <laughs> how, how tough is it to get me a zucchini? Like, can we really? You're um, me hungry. I just, I, I just don't understand why we, we know what it takes to make a human being. And yet. We, at least, as I'm speaking for American culture, don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, we know it's what it takes to make worse. people. It's getting even worse. I mean. It's getting even it's, worse. It's, it's so funny to me because it, going back to the poor white people that uh, voted for this dude, uh, you know. Keep taking more opioids. They, t- yes, that too. Please keep taking your opioids, folks. Because um, all that pain. All the <laughs> but, you know, they they have in their mind that they are one day are going to be like 45 or... They, that An asshole? Yeah, no. Oh, no, no, a rich person. Yeah. Like, they have this silly notion that 
you know what? He's talking to people like me, but you're in your trailer, dude. And he's you actually a great taking- podcast from your trailer, though. Yeah. You, should, you should. Anyone out there, if you're a dumb redneck and you want to fucking do a podcast from your trailer, please. I, I will listen to it. I will call in. I'd love to talk to you about why and how you voted for that pile of dog shit that we have as president. I would love an informed discussion with you. Oh, right? Yeah. Is it possible? It is, but you're going to get really angry. I've had a discussion with one. They really, they really special. I, I really think by this point there, it's not, it's not even about their, it's a cult. What would they say it's about my climate, about our climate would, rant of today? You would say they, you ridiculous. No, they, they wouldn't say, say that. They, they, no, they wouldn't say ridiculous. Yeah. Say, that shit's not real. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, everybody, there's going to be 20 million people leaving the Sahel and they're going to want to come to a country near us. And I say, open the doors. I say, let everybody in. I say, we have to learn how to, we have to learn how to populate this world together. All of us. And uh, don't let in the Russians. I'm kidding. I, 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 I'm I, kidding. I just like, I edit. I'm just kidding. No, I know. As long as, as long as you believe in the Constitution, and if we, uh, if we truly believe in the Constitution of we the people, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, this is, if we truly believe, if we the people truly believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is written on our Constitution, if all of us get together, say that's what we believe in, then we can all together say that people are important, and taking care of their basic needs is the first way to help with pursuit of happiness basic needs met then you can that's you how dare we try to go for happy without going first for basic needs met like how can you ever be one of the worst times in my life was when i couldn't find a public restroom in amsterdam and i was having so much fun and it was queen's day and we're having so much fun you could drink on the streets and i was like i'm having fun i'm having fun i have to pee i have to pee i have to pee i have to pee oh my god everything's about peeing all i can do is pee i gotta find a pee we gotta do this i'm gonna pee in my pants where i'm gonna go i don't know where to go this and this fun 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 time turned into like nightmare stress because i didn't have anywhere to pee and that is in the way of pursuit of happiness. We need, we need to find like a way as Americans to say we have heart and we care. And although the larger structure above us doesn't give a fuck about us because we are just consumers running around and they just want us to spend money, we have to know in our hearts that it isn't about the money. It doesn't take money to take care of people. The money's already there. It's just the allocation of the funds. There's no reason why we can't have bathrooms for people to go potty in in San Francisco. There's no reason why we can't be housing people. Amen to that one. There's no reason why we cannot provide food and access to food, to healthy choices and food for people in this entire country. It's that we don't want to. And we have to examine like how far have we gotten away from our constitution? and how we misinterpret it and are we going back to the days of yeah when it was written those guys weren't talking about women or black people or brown people or yellow people or purple people they were talking about white people white male landowners that's what they were talking about so we're already changing the constitution in our own minds to suit our own needs we're already doing that so let's look at the words we the people life liberty pursuit of happiness boom yeah but Again, the sad reality is some people like myself aren't aren't 
people to other people in their eyes. You know, we're still chattel. Right. You know, and, and the, this go the, this goes along with like when we were talking about um, uh, what's his face getting pushed. Oh right. Yes. 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 Yeah. You know. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Thank you. Like fantastically, how, he's playing really fantastic. Like that's all they see him as, just to entertain. Right. And how you're not human, so I'm just gonna shove you. Tap dancers. Yeah. Ta- <laughs> Yeah, tap, 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 tap. Um, yeah. You know, that, that that's just like the abuse that how certain people are treated. Just by an just owner. Be- that's even more like ownership by an owner of the other. That's like, that's uh, you're so mean. Yeah, exactly. You're that's- so meaningless to you because I own you. Yeah. I'm an owner. I own the team. Therefore, I own you. And that's not true because you're being paid a salary. I mean, and they're doing a great job. But but I feel that same way about about NFL. I feel oh, like I, it's, I, a, it's yes. a slavery oh, thing. Oh, that is a plantation for you. And, I fucking do not then, like the Negro Football League. And then with all of the, all of the concussions stuff and they knew about it for years and there was a cover up and they were still like ah let them hit each other and then even with after like PTSD and wife beating and all these crazy neurological changes because of concussions and amnesia and all of these yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's and dementia and early onset things are very big problems when they knew about it they knew about it that's the thing they've known about it and they're still not doing anything about it well it's the same thing with Vietnam it's the same thing in 65 we knew it was an unwinnable war they knew it they got the letters they they the McCarthy they knew and uh, McNamara, and they, we didn't do anything about it, and we still haven't done anything about it. And that lasted it. for another ten years yeah. after 1965. Yeah, and we and we still haven't done anything about it. So, like, you got to think if these are things that we already know about and nothing's been done about. Look at all the things that we don't even know about, and what's not going to happen about. Like, what are the inside underground shit things that are happening? Like, is is there a room in the White House right now where they're fucking talking about like the global warming? Like, and they're like, we got to keep negating it everybody you've got to keep negating it because we've got to get these borders intact we've got to get these borders set up we got to get this done and locked in so that when the 20 million people do try to seek asylum from the fucking sun there we're not going to let them in like well i mean that's already happening with the people that are migrating uh here from central america because mm-hmm. it's what we did to central america and what we still are doing to Central America, and then the fact of the matter, there's so much poverty, mm-hmm. and people are getting murdered and slaughtered. And then also too, food again, people are starving. You know, so it, I mean, again, that goes into that umbrella of a climate change as well. So we are closing the borders on these migrants coming through Mexico and trying to get to us, where before we would take them in. So we we've already started that. Yeah. Have a heart. And that hasn't even been a million people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not even that scary influx. But again, it's that fucking racist white supremacy idea of like, we don't want to take those others because we want to keep it pure here. That's crazy. But we have such a big country. So like when 4 million new immigrants stream into England and they're trying to deal with it and they're a small country, we won't even take any. We're like not even 10,000. We don't want anything. And, And but it's we just have to change our mindset. We are. Hey, we all live on the earth together, everybody. We know it now. We know the truth because we have the technology to see the truth. And so, but open some people your don't eyes. want. To. Some people don't want to. Some some people just have so much fucking hate in their heart. Just just kill yourself. I don't even think it's hate. I think it's just they want to keep their money. 
Well, there are I mean, people with money that want to keep their money. There's that, but there's also two people who don't have money, right. who there's, don't, who just have so much fucking hate. Yeah, because if that person wasn't around, then I something would be better for my life. Bang. If they're somehow stealing my opportunity. Bang. Without there them, if they didn't exist, I'd be doing so well. Yeah. Nah, if they didn't exist, you'd still be a pile of dog shit. Pretty much. That's <laughs> fine. And with that, <laughs> we just the AltaCast goes back to dog shit. <laughs> hey, uh, do something. Don't vote for that uh, pile of dog shit. Speak out. Wear a fuck Trump something. And uh, care about your fellow man, everybody. I don't mean, be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. It's San Francisco. Okay, bye. Sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Jester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and files and files of filthy cash, uh, uh, I can't help but listen to Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. You laugh off your own tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
like elastic. So, so if you're in your car and you're listening to one radio station, you need radio doing station. Is you're you're, you're hearing all, all the others. They are they are tweeting in on all frequencies, and you keep, keep them. So just listen to to one specific six. Saturday, Saturday into two. Sound quality, quality, good, and you understand, understand things that's playing, playing. However, however, if your radio, radio is not fine, too, too, you might, might two or two or three or more stage stations at the same time. time. Hey, Mutineer Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF.
welcome Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. This is Tushar Matos with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be... Have you reflected and have, have any, like, feedback on what you hope this show is going to bring today? I've, I've, um... I think that our callers really need to think about the place that they want because it's been so integral. Like, I mean, I almost think about like, uh, you know, the seven point, like Anne Bogart, seven points of theater of like, but you think about the architecture, the architecture of place. Uh-huh. And I really enjoyed the Muni bus from Munibus episode was, one. Muni bus was the best. And so I feel like living room in um, 2.1, I mean, it, it could have been awesome if we would have had some details, like it was sunken in like a 70s one, like it was like a pit. And then like brother and sister were coming home. You guys have to listen to the last episode. I don't know what we're talking about. But it just, it didn't even burgeon into the ways of like, what? Yeah, I think the living room sex fantasy wasn't my favorite. I think so far it's still the Muni bus for sure. The Muni bus bus is awesome. Well, hopefully we have some good sex fantasies today, and we will see what the people of San Francisco and the world think of, and we will make their dreams come true like a fairy godmother. 415-550-0511 for your fairy godmother to glitter all over your face. You want, <laughs> all right, you want so, to be glitter bombed? Boo. All right. So I say, so the first person that we have is, is this person who I've actually met. I met him once. He's someone who follows me on Facebook mm. and fo- follows me on Instagram. He met me in the Castro once and asked for a picture and we took a picture and that was about it. And I said, hey, I'm doing a sex phone sex podcast. For the record, he is... I'm like 28. He like might be 78. So Did you take your shirt off for I the did said, not, said picture? I did not because I felt like... Though, I guess it's legal to take your shirt off in the Castro. Sure. You can... The only thing illegal, you can walk around naked, but you're not allowed to sit, sit down, down without a towel. You can't let the bottom of your dick or your nutsack touch any kind of public bench. I think that I'm, I'm kind of happy with that rule because I don't think I... I'm, I'm glad that someone was like, you know, we are, we're all for body positivity and like, you know, nudity, but... 
there also is like a boundary. I mean, this guy wished probably wanted me to be butt naked, but who knows? Maybe in the sex fantasy, we're gonna make this come true. If you <laughs> and he's sending a lot of emojis, so this mm. is, so that you know what that means. <laughs> if if you wrapped your junk in in saran wrap, could you sit on any bench you wanted? If I Anywhere. wrapped my junk in saran wrap, could I sit wherever I wanted? Yes. I think that's yes, because then the, the it's not junk touching. is yeah. <laughs> you don't need a you don't need a towel. You just need saran wrap. So let's get the first guy on. Yeah. I, so um, I'm gonna. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring down the sun mix mm-hmm. a little bit. Bring it down. Take it out. Okay. Yeah. Take it out. Who's coming? Here we go. So I'm gonna say gonna the, the number. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Four, him the call. Five, 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 zero, zero, five. Call. So one, one. um call four four one five 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 zero zero five one one. I'm a little scared for this one because I actually You actually know this. I don't know this person. For the record, I do not know this person. Oh barely. I like took a picture with this person and I'm like really grateful that um that we that we did this but like also i just don't know what the sex fantasy is and i'm assuming the sex fantasy is going to involve me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i as i told people tonight who i was talking to i'm like dude it's free phone sex you can identify good evening and welcome to old soul radio i'm your host professor and i'm jima and we got Sife in the building. Sup, Sife? Everybody feature in Sife. Tonight we got a special guest named Callie J, who is on his way. He'll be here a little later. That's all right. Um, but for now, we're just going to play some music, um, listen to some shit that me and Jai have been listening to. Yep. Some new albums coming out. Hella albums coming out. I think people are gearing up for summer, man. A lot of stuff to discuss, too, you know, like the shows that have been going on and mm-hmm. all that, man. Just Hell yeah. Good hip-hop shit. Yep. Hip-hop so shit. So we're going to start out with some tracks, and then uh, maybe when uh, Callie gets here, we'll start uh, getting into some shit. Facto. Facto. All right. So um, uh, I know this first one, Denzel Curry just came out with his album Zoo. This single's been out for a minute. Maybe we'll play some of his other album that hasn't just came out too. But um, this song, Ricky, fucking slaps. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is Ricky. Make sure the channel's right. Yeah. Start fucking. Here's what I say. 
with the Raider fit, that was it. We was lit, y'all wasn't even shit. Yeah, we was three six, Wu Tang mixed with Dipset. Ricky used to take me to my first shows ever. Well, only drop jewels way before they dropped Jetta. First day mocking, now they hopping all on the way 'cause they see me popping. Big, big, large pockets, they start flocking. Here's what I say when they ass keep knocking. My daddy said trust no man but your brothers and never leave your day ones in the gutter. My daddy said treat young girls like your mother. My mama said trust no hope, use a rubber. My daddy said trust no man but your brothers and never leave your day ones in the gutter. My daddy said treat young girls like your mother. My mama said trust no hope, use a rubber. Niggas can't fuck with me, and I'm starting to feel like these bitches can't fuck with me, and I'm starting to feel like these niggas can't fuck with me, and I'm starting to feel like these bitches can't fuck with me. How much I drunk last night, shit I can't recall. Just know a stripper made a tip like a bank reward. I just drunk all night, fucked up all night. So tell me what the fuck these bitches hating for? They hate me, they hate they. Why they hate the boy? 'Cause we making all the hits that they can't record. Me and my daddy was a shit back in '84. It's a god in your presence, better praise the Lord. I got a nigga going down like I paid him for it, and I shine so hard that you can't ignore it. I shine so bright, take shots all night. You niggas so broke, you make the way to. With a team that the city really waiting for The takeover, the city like it's waiting for us Once we on, they gon' be like, who came before us? Once we on, then y'all out, big money, shut it down yeah, I mean, I like to sip my drink And I ain't got no shame at all Bottle at the bottle, I can't see But keep pouring alcohol, I'ma drink it out the bottle What they want, they want, what they want, they want I'ma drink it out the bottle What they want, they want Chips, big money. I'm in beast mode. I got that henny in me, so I'm going full throttle like a hemi. Got her body busting like a semi. Got her begging, give me, give me. Tell her hold up, I'm finna take a shot at Remy. Oh, Remy mode, drinking in the Ashton Mall. All my niggas would be flossing, flossing. Oh shit, five oh finna bubble. All the bottles in the back, nigga toss it. You know me, I like to sip my drink, and I ain't got no shame at all. Champagne, shake it up, you know that's my dream. We poppin' bottles over here, live it up. Fuck the 
fuck you hating ass hoes, I'm doing my thing. Fuck these hoes, nigga, we don't get no books. Cook that shit up, Quay.
on tour She can see how I'm flexing, count my blessings, praise the Lord You know the steeds, super grease Nothing nice, tell the promoter, bring the peas Still ain't safe, I'm in a party with my G's And I just made your girl, my girl, she's on her knees Like the sandlot, finna run a quick play, that's a handoff. DVS on my neck, it's a dance off. I don't ask for no hair, she get straight to it. Then I pull a track out, now her hair ruined. Baby, get the dick, my feelings not included. She wanna go around, and I'm undisputed. When I'm smoking on louder than the car alarm. Got your baby mama busting like a fire alarm. I just run up, big bags. I just shoot movies, and I'm pop tags. I'm around, run, 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 run the bag up. I just hit one time, then I pass her. I know they can't stand us, ayy Wipe them off just like dandruff I'ma run, 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 run the bag up No, you a broke boy, so just back up, ayy I just want my bands up, ayy I just want my bands up 
Big buffies on my face, so I'm a vampire. She gon' bust it wide open for the Oscar I saw this different fire, honey, you know I got that fire. Bitches, bows in the trunk, bows in the tar. I'm that nigga that make you spice up your lifestyle. Put a 50 on a glass of pussy pipe down. Jumped off the porch earlier, was a wild child. You were never on the scene, you just came out. I'm an authentic hot boy like Turk and them. Watch Twan start gigging when that work came in. Your main threw was on my line when them purse came in. And I'ma sell it for the high, I don't got two for 10. This was got me geeked up, I heard you was a powder puff. You can still get your ass beat if Brody Jinky tough. Oh, you that nigga in your bag, huh? You done made a hundred thousand out the trap, huh? I just hit one time, then I pass her. Hey, I ain't know they can't stand us. Hey, wipe them off just like dandruff. I'ma run, 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 run the bag up. No, you a broke boy, so just back up. Hey, I just want my bands up. Hey, I just want my bands up. 28 dollar smoothie, new toolie, left hand in the coochie, swerving, hope a nigga don't crash on Choosy Susie, broke for a new coopie, new coochie, same one, bigger head on in the movie. Lay walk up on the sauce, no, 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 no show. I don't even want the push, just don't. 200 for the cologne, make a post like Malone. Oh, get up out my face, run out, real nigga, some dope. Glock 40 when I slide, and I still rep that mob. Got a country ass bitch when I fuck her, she yeehaw. Sit it down in the city, up the park 55. I'm a piece, so that shit that you heard, it was right. You would never see my bitch going to McDonald's. You bought the bitch of Michael Kors off top, that song. Run up that bag, run up no mask. Fuck her, then smash. Ay, this would not ay, last. I'ma run, 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 run the bag up. I just hit one time, then I pass her. Ay, I know they can't stand us. Ay, wipe them off just like dandruff. I'ma run, 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 run the bag up. No, you a broke boy, so just back up. Ay, I just want my bands up. Ay, I just want my bands up.
I promise I'ma get my mama whatever she wanted. Spend my life trying to get my family out the structure. Had my boy Cuddy walking out the house flooded. Had my nigga Big playing in a bunch of money. My nigga mom gone in that army. When you get back, boy, you know it's a party. We hitting Vegas, yeah, been Hawaii. Won't forget Jamaica, Mexico, Brazil, Island. Big lifestyle living, all we doing flying, all we doing flying, all we doing flying. I turn my dreams to reality, cause if I don't, I'm high. Let's get excited. Guest in here, Callie J. Everybody, right. up. Right. Yeah. he brought he brought with him another fucking warrior of the city. Let's uh, give it up for Ozer. Thanks for coming through. I'm good, man. These mics sound crisp. Uh, yeah, you know how we, we finally do it. got them all working at once again. You know, you know how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> Ship shape. Get the sound right. <laughs> Fucking ship shape. Uh huh. So Callie, I just I'm like looking at myself. It's the first time we did this. So Callie, um, you got a lot going on right now, man. Somebody here? Oh, for sure. No, I was waving at. Oh, you're in the camera. (laughs) (laughs) We're not we're not quite used to it yet, but it's it's pretty dope. So Callie, you got a lot going on right now. We've been talking about like the present a lot, but but since you're here, we've never actually had an interview with you. You've been here a bunch of times, but you never actually had your own interview Mm. here. I want to take it for our listeners from the beginning, if that's all right. Of course, that's always that's always all right. So for those that don't know, I mean I know, but for those that don't know, where are you from, and how did you? begin to be an artist because i was gonna say do music but you really don't just do music you do a lot more right um from the beginning so i'm from i'm from san francisco i was technically born in oakland Mm -hmm. but i was raised out here in san francisco i grew up in the mo Mm -hmm. and um yeah how did i become an artist man like the first time i heard music you know i i feel like i was an artist you know and I didn't even get into rapping until I was probably like, what, 13, 14 years old for real. Before that, you know, I was I was watching like Michael Jackson and, you know, listening to a whole bunch of oldies funk and like, you know, Afro Latin jazz and shit. So I always liked to dance and sing. Mm. And 
I went to for anybody you know from Frisco who knows like the schools out here. I went to rooftop. Yep. From mm-hmm. elementary to like sixth grade. And you him know, too, like, right? You went no, to no, 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 no. I'm no, tripping. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, but not. Nah, so I, I went to rooftop, and that was an alternative school, and they focused highly on arts and stuff. And like, I'm forever thankful to my mom for putting me in the schools like that because yeah. it just made it to where like I see life through art, I live life through music, mm-hmm. and it's kind of I've always seen my life dealing with music, mm-hmm. entertainment, just art expressing myself no Mm -hmm. doubt it's kind of hard to imagine myself doing anything else Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean you said you wanted to sing at first and then you kind of got more into rapping like what happened with the transition there so it is how it worked so i was you know i was heavily into singing and dancing Mm -hmm. you know doing shit like that and uh, in eighth grade, I actually, I felt like I got introduced to spoken word and poetry. Mm. Okay. And, um, you know, so anybody who knows what's up with Youth Speaks, I've, like, I've done a lot of close work with Youth Speaks, and they've, you know, from the jump, from, like, coming to my school and performing, mm-hmm. like, inspired me to be like, man, like, this spoken word shit is kind of dope, yeah. you know? Like, let me see what I can do with it. And then... um yeah, also, my mom, you know, who's from New York, she put me on the hella East Coast hip-hop, mm, you know, okay. growing up. That's so crazy. It's hella funny, like, to be honest, like, I didn't really grow up on Bay Area hip-hop right. as much as I grew up on, you know, East Coast. What are some of, like, the albums your mom would play for you from the East Coast? Uh, my mom's and my stepdad, they would, um, Black Star was, like, the first, mm-hmm. the first one. You feel me? Most Def Talib Kweli. Mm-hmm. And then, um... You know, I was heavy in, into Bone Thugs, and I know they ain't like East Coast. They from you know Cleveland, but Bone Thugs was how Bone Thugs was how I really started like getting into rapping. I used to print out the fucking lyrics, right? Yeah. Like, rehearse that shit. And you like to sing too, so you know. They yeah, the, so it just that mm-hmm. was the perfect, you know, mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. example. But um, yeah, I think it was spoken word and poetry that really got me into rapping, and mm-hmm. you know that combined with the fact that I was listening to these, you know, lyricists, these MCs, mm-hmm. um, you know, and of course, you know, like Souls of Mischief, mm-hmm. you know, out here, and um, those like these real hip hop cats that was really rapping, mm-hmm. and the beats was like going crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. I just I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. You know? So you say like Souls of Mischief. Sorry, one mm-hmm. second. You say Souls of Mischief. I'm jumping around here, but like last night you performed at Hyro After Dark. Yeah. So, like that's from from listening to Souls of Mischief to today. Yeah. What does that feel like? You know what I mean? Like, does this is it still like a, as a big of a deal as you thought it would have been when you were first listening to them before you knew them, or is like so much happened that you feel like this is just what's supposed to be happening mm. right now? Um. It's great. I feel like everything that's happening now is supposed to happen. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and that's how I feel about everything, not just music, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. speaking on on Souls of Mischief and hieroglyphics, like, you know, as a whole, you know, mm-hmm. crew and brand. And um, they're definitely, definitely one of the main reasons I, I started going hard mm-hmm. and rapping and um, just realizing, like, man, like, I could do this shit independent. Right. And really build my own brand and have control over that you know yeah. and the message i'm trying to put out so it was crazy you know it's like out of all of hieroglyphics you know i listen to souls of mischief that mm-hmm. was my 
you know, that was my jig out, right. out the whole crew. And so it was just hella funny, you know, listening to their albums. And, you know, everybody has, like, a favorite in the group, low-key. Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was hella funny. I always just fuck with um, A-pluses versus the mm-hmm. most. And so... Shout out to A-plus. Shout out A-plus. Like, real, real, shrill individual. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so it was hella funny how we met, actually. My homie Frack, who I performed with Mm -hmm. at Hyrule After Dark, me and that man, we've been knowing each other since 14 years old. We went to high school together and been rapping together since then. So, like, 11 years now. That's crazy. Wow. Right. And so we actually, we did this show at, um, we did this show in Oakland, it was like a benefit for um, for Blowfly, you know, to save his house. Mm. It was like a fundraising show. And wow, that's crazy. It's crazy, mm. right? And so, <laughs> <laughs> and we were all there, and like, you know, A Plus was performing, and we met, me and Frag met him backstage, and, you know, from there, from the jump, like, you could feel the energy. He's hella humble, you right. know, just like straight up cordial with you, and, you know, he was, he's a very kind spirit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that was the start and you know over the years you know ran into him you know more and more and like we started to chop it up and like Mm. built this bond and i feel like he's just always somebody who looks out you know right Mm -hmm. like i feel like going from just listening to the music not even knowing them Mm -hmm. to then getting to know him as a person Mm. that shit like really that meant a lot and that mm. I feel like that inspired me to keep doing what I'm doing so by the time last night comes I knew mm-hmm. I'm like yo this is all supposed to happen but this shit is hella surreal yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's crazy yeah, yeah man I mean how did you feel when you were actually up there you know was it everything like was it, was it just a big like crowd a, too yeah. it wasn't like a small side stage kind of thing yeah well it's at the midway right yeah yeah okay which was hella cutty because from the out i'd never been there it was my first time it's hella new oh really outside you know i'm like what's this and then i've I've driven past that hella times right (laughs) being inside i was like i didn't know y'all had all this going on but yeah being up there um wow being up there was it was like a dream Mm. you know it's like a dream and i was like I'm having fun. I feel at home when I'm on stage, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was still like, yeah. this is like a milestone, low key. Yeah, yeah. So it was a goal I set in my head. Yeah, you know. And this is right after. I mean, we just had uh, the Jealous guys on a few weeks ago, yeah, and they were yeah. telling us about the show you did Bro, in Stanford too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like right after that too. And that show, like, I've seen footage of that. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Stanford. Shout out uh, Stanford Black Fest and all the organizers who put that together. Yeah. Like, yo, that was crazy, bro. Was that the biggest crowd you ever performed for? Uh. Yeah, probably it was yeah. one of the biggest. I can't remember. I, there might be one bigger, but I can't. Right. Remember. That was that. Def- no, nah, that was definitely the biggest. Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ain't going front. That's an outdoor festival. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but it was that shit was beautiful because um. Yeah, it's like I remember I went to go down and do the audition. Um, I was actually supposed to oh, audition, audition last year. For it. Yeah, oh. I was supposed to audition last year oh. for it, but I had to work and the schedule conflicted with it. So mm. I was oh, like, okay. all right. But that shit would have been lit because they had, um, I think, two chains. Yeah, two chains and Dreezy were headlining last year. Oh, wow. Yeah, and wow. I was like, oh, oh, shit. two chains and Drake or no, no, Dreezy? Dreezy. Okay. Dreezy. 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 Shout out Dreezy because Dreezy's raw as fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah, I definitely wanted to go see that show. But anyway, so I was like, I'm gonna fuck with y'all next year. And so yeah. this year, I was like, 
was yeah. mm. I drove down to Stanford for the interview, not the interview, but the audition. The audition. Yeah. And how like, was how was all? Yeah. What is an audition, audition like? Right. Okay, yeah. so this is what it was like. Have y'all seen American Idol? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. I walk into a quiet room. No. I walk into a quiet room with three judges. You feel me? And they're like, all right, we're going to play your music. You can play your music off this. And I was like, all right, cool. They were like, you got 10 minutes. And I was like, all right, smooth. Put the music on and just perform my shit right really? here. Acapella, yeah, no oh, mic. Just, oh, that's and, crazy. Yeah, it was. What were you playing the music off of? Did they have like speakers or did they yeah, have yeah, it like was a, a speaker? Oh, okay. A speaker. Oh, so, so did you have to do like the crowd control shit and everything? Yeah. <laughs> Put your hands up. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Put your hands up. <laughs> Put your hands up. <laughs> yeah, for real. Nah, real talk. It, this is how I see it. It's like I perform just how I perform in front of. You know the crowd that we performed in. Yeah. You know if it's fat, whether it's three people or three thousand people, I'm gonna mm-hmm. perform the same. Yeah. You right. know, just so, you know, it's like if it's a little bit of people, I want you to feel like it's hella people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and when it's hella people, I want to make people feel like I'm looking at you. Yeah. You know right. Oh. It's That's about true. just expanding the experience. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I take I take my performance very seriously. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean do you have like a, a I mean a, I don't know about rigorous, but do you have like a steady like rehearsal schedule you keep before a show or something, or you just like you just have it down already? And you just like you know, I got it. You know, like you have like a set that you, you usually have hey, down. Baghead. Uh, oh, Baghead. <laughs> Shout out Baghead. Yeah, he's there too. He's there too. <laughs> but um, sorry to answer your question. I don't really have a a strict rigorous like rehearsal schedule, but um, you know, when I as soon as I hear about a show that I have, I'm like I try to take into consideration, you know, where I'm performing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying what kind of event it is, and that's how I'll set up, you know, my um, my set. But. Mm-hmm. You know, other than that, it's like I usually have it down and mm-hmm. I have a plan in my mind. Okay. And, you know, I'll just pull up to the show and, like, make the shit happen. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I like to rehearse at least once, though. At yeah. least once before. Yeah. No doubt. What, um, tell me about some of your projects and, like, I feel like you have a very specific way of putting out music, like, where it's usually, like, kind of a theme behind your albums like raincoat saucy series what's raincoat saucy mean for those yeah, that don't know for those on raincoat saucy was hella many how it came to <laughs> right. shout out adiemi shout out adiemi adiemi yeah. beats is that's my brother right there and like that's really the only music i've been putting out has been produced by adiemi yeah you know, yeah i just like you know you you fuck with who you fuck with mm-hmm. you know and i like Definitely. to stick with the people who i rock with from the jump so um, but yeah, Renko Saucy was, it was just like this metaphorical concept, low key. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everybody, you know, you hear it's raining game in the Bay. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sure anybody who's lived here, even for the last few years, can attest to that. You know, there's always like some new game you could get put on, some new information to learn. It's like right. people are innovating all the time out here, creating mm-hmm. new ways to promote their businesses, music, whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was just like, you know, it's raining game. Feel me, need a raincoat out here. Mm. It started out as a lyric, you know, in a song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, man. That's the that was the whole raincoat element. And saucy is just, you know, you know, when you saucy, mm-hmm. 
It's self-explanatory, bro. It's, yeah. It's like, I want to say, it's self-explanatory. Everybody you know, know what you sauce just, is. You're you driven. Yeah. You know, you just. Drenched. You, yeah. <laughs> Drenched. <laughs> yeah, bro, but. That's why you need a raincoat. Yeah. Right. So, for me, it was just like, that was my description of, you know, the, the culture, the swag out here in the Bay mm-hmm. that I grew up with. It's just, you know. And that's kind of what I wanted the songs to encompass, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's it's fun, it's lit music that, you know, you could turn up to, you could dance to, you could vibe to, but it's also like droplets of game sprinkled throughout, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's yeah. just, yeah. you know, that's been, that's the culture out here, man. It's the folks I, I really fucked with as I got older and really got more into rapping and shit. You know, E40, of course, mm. Too Short. Yeah, I was about to ask you. Like, straight mm-hmm. game. Like, mm-hmm. I listen to them mm-hmm. all the time. Of course. Yeah. You know, since I was, since I really got into rapping and shit. And so. Who else, besides, like, besides E40 and Too Short? Some other, like, Bay Area, like, rappers that are really important to you? Really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, for surely listen to. Five, we can go all over the place, but give me like five, three or four, or five. Five, okay, okay. <laughs> three, four, five, ten. All right, you you definitely got you got the major. You got Mac Dre, Mac you got Dre. Too Short, mm-hmm. you got E Forty, you got Cool Nut, mm-hmm. you got um, I said Souls, you know, RBL, right. mm-hmm. Posse, mm-hmm. Yeah. all them, and um, you know, it's crazy. It's like I didn't listen to Nicotina and Crypto as much growing up until right. I older, really until after I met Queezy. Right. <laughs> That's when I was really yeah. like, all right, yeah, let me, you know, I knew Jungle, bro. That was my uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jungle. Still the shit. Yeah. Still the shit. That was Still the first slapping, Crypto man. verse I ever heard. Word. Right. Oh, and then dope. I met him like a year later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's cool. ill. Cool ass dude. Cool ass individual. Shout out Queezy. Um, and Big Rich, Big Rich, hella important to me. No Off doubt. top, bro. Like, shout project, out. shout out Big Rich, shout out uh, Project Level because, you know, I've been rapping for a while, you know, mm-hmm. before I before I got introduced to Project Level. But then once I went there, you know, and really like was working and learning under uh, Rich's mentorship, like mm. I just got gamed up so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel me? And just it changed the way I look at look at doing music. Um, Look at doing art. Yeah. Anyway, it's like it encouraged me to work harder. Right. And uh, I guess, you know, really pay attention to my branding. Right. You know what I mean? And like, trip on how am I promoting myself it's as very a brand, right. but as a person too, out in the world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to uh, Raincoat Saucy earlier, and I don't know Wait. if it's like intentional or, but something I heard you say a lot was how to like you know value time over money and like you know like use your time well so like what's something that keeps you um you know using your time wisely and being productive and like keep pushing to where you want to be that's a good you know? question that's a hell yeah. <laughs> thanks bro thanks bro <laughs> yeah, i mean I, I truly believe that i feel like time is more precious than money mm-hmm. you know I definitely believe everybody needs to get their money and get paid for what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and like, you know, live the life that you want to live. You feel me? Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about for me. That's my motivation. That's what encourages me to use my time wisely mm-hmm. because, um, you know, I want to have this thing about 
being better than I was before mm. all the time. Mm. Always. You know, mm. so it's like if I got time to improve myself, mm-hmm. you know, then that's what I'm going to do. I, I know what I want for my life. I want to be able to be, you know, I want to be able to live on my own time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, right. like, if you can relate to that, it's like, I just want to take trips, travel the world, right. and create shit. Right. And I think that's because, you know, I learned to fall in love with the process. Right. Like, everything I do, artistically, creatively, it's like I love doing it. And I created my own method for doing it. Mm-hmm. And once once you lay that down, mm-hmm. it's like all it is is consistency. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So mm-hmm. Once you make it a pattern, then it's just a pattern. Right. 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 And everybody knows, especially I feel like if you're an independent artist, um, you know, small business owner, a student, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, you know you have to spend your time doing shit you don't want to do. All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Right. right. And, you know the less control you have over your time you know what i mean it's like even once you're like successful right it's still like that you know what i mean even more probably i mean i don't know but i'm just like i just know about like i'm just thinking like once like even once you get to that point that you like that you've been trying to get to your whole life right like once you're there you're now you're trying to get somewhere else right 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 it's harder to get everywhere you know what i mean so it's it's ill like that yeah of course so I mean, where I mean, well, you're saying you like to want to travel and stuff. Like, where's what do you want to do now at this point? Like, do you have you know what what do you have? What are the next steps for you right now? Next steps for me is um yeah traveling more, doing shows. Yeah, and um, where would you like to like, go? Everywhere, bro. Everywhere, yeah. Everywhere, bro. Yeah. I'm trying to go to I'm trying to go to Jamaica. I'm trying to go Jamaica. To, yeah, that's more that's for a personal. Oh, okay. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. You feel me? I like beaches, so oh, okay. I'm really trying to go anywhere there's a beach. But as yes. far as with music and my art, um, I'm trying to go everywhere. You know, hit hit SoCal, mm-hmm. hit the East Coast. I got fam uh, in New York. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Shout out New York. Shout out my um, my folks, the Santana brothers, bro. They about to drop some shit. Oh, yeah. word. Yeah, definitely. What's up? And um. Yeah, definitely gotta hit the south, bro. Right. Definitely gotta hit the south. I really want to go everywhere, wherever people are creating music. Right. Like, I don't like to limit myself. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know. While we're while we're speaking on uh, regions, uh, when we were when we were uh, talking on here off the air, <laughs> we were talking on here off the air. We were we were talking a lot about like the city right now and like right. everything that's brought us up to this point. And Ozer, on fire right Ozer, now, I want man. you to speak on this too if mm-hmm. you down. Like, can y'all can y'all t- talk to me about like. Uh, like if there was someone that's coming up to you, right? Yeah. And they wanna like know what's going on in San Francisco when it comes to like the underground hip hop scene. What mm. is what would you tell them is happening? Mm. Shit, a renaissance. Mm. Really? Mm. Um, it definitely feels like that for sure. It's a renaissance. You feel me? Just like he said earlier, off air. Um, I think we've all been building. You know, it's just like we're we've all came up together. Like we, if even if we didn't know each other directly back in the day, like we knew somebody that knew us. You feel me? And mm-hmm. um, I think it's always been a lot of art and a lot of good talent in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was big back in the you know back in the nineties whatnot when you had you know Fote, RBL and all that shit. Um, but it sort of died down for a minute. And I mm-hmm. think now. 
uh, more than ever, it's um, it, a lot of people come together to, to sort of bring it back. You know, it's a lot of underground shows, a lot of artists collaborating, um, artists you wouldn't even, you know, artists you wouldn't even necessarily think, you know, would collaborate or collaborating, you know, so Word. it's just a real, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see, you know, um, and so I, I would definitely say it's a renaissance or something, you know, and I think this is only the beginning, like it's, it's only going to get bigger, you know, so that's how I feel about it. Definitely, definitely. I feel my, what my vision has always been, you know, since I really started doing music was um, for folks to just start working with each other mm -hmm. out here. A lot of times, you hear a lot of times people, you know, they compare everywhere to the South. Right. And mm -hmm. how, you know, they be like, out there, man, everybody fucks with each other. And right. And, you know, works to bring everybody up. And, That's true, too. You know. Yeah. You know I think that shit's beautiful. Yeah. It's not, it's not just smart. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. If, like, you know, we create our own industry out here and circulate, you know, amongst each other and help each other spread that shit out. Like, we could be, we could be making some major noise mm -hmm. everywhere, mm -hmm. you know? And so, I, in the city, I always say the city's on fire. I've been saying that lately because mm -hmm. you, these are folks who I've seen, you know, over the past, even just the past five years, you know? And we've all been like, you know, working on our own path and mm -hmm. our own lanes. And now I'm starting to see, you know, these paths converge mm -hmm. and people are making heat, you feel me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like, man, I always envision this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's beautiful to see it happening right yeah. now. It's yeah. just like, you know, when you watch a show, um, for example, Game of Thrones. I don't know if y'all <laughs> Game of Thrones. I, I know it shows. exists. I watch yeah. the whole shit. It's right. all good. Yeah. Basically, it's like this concept. This is what I see going on. I see a parallel mm -hmm. in San Francisco right now as far as artists. You, you know, you spend like six, seven seasons or whatever of a show mm -hmm. watching every individual character do their mm -hmm. thing, you know, right. go through their journey and level up and then season uh, seven hit right, my nigga right, and all these motherfuckers yeah, are meeting right. each other and like busting plays and wow. shit and like, wow right. like that's crazy you know what I'm saying and so we're in season seven right now something like that season seven we have like four episodes on her you gonna be longer than that though yeah. <laughs> gonna be longer than that, bro. I don't even watch Game of Thrones. I know that. You gonna be longer than that, though. Well, I wanna. <laughs> right on. I wanna hear some of this, some of this music coming out of this Renaissance yeah, right now. That first one right there is yeah. with yeah. So I'm gonna play that one. I'm gonna play uh, Never Will I Fall, and then a couple more of Rain's Code Saucy. Then we'll come back and talk some more. Is that good with y'all? Hell yeah. Oh no, a fun fact, bro. Cool nuts who got me into fucking drinking Martinelli's album. I swear to God. Right? That's yeah. a Frisco thing right there. Yeah, like, my pops and my pops used to be good friends. And we was on San Bruno and he picked yeah. them up, I guess, from the studio. And like he got in the car, he had like the little the little bottle of the Martinelli's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like four years old. Cool nut? Yeah, cool nut, bro. What like, the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, what is that? Yeah. He's like, it's apple juice. Yeah. I like kinda, he's like, you want some? I'm like, yeah. I took a sip. That shit was fire. Uh <laughs> Yo, that's the First illest yeah, story yeah, ever, bro. Yeah, How come awesome. you never told that story before? <laughs> Damn. Cooking up putting Arzer onto the Martinelli's. Yeah, man. All right, you heard it here first, I think. Shit, right I've never heard that. Yeah, for real, dude. Martinelli's. Yeah, dude. Everybody knows the Martinelli's, bro. All right, but this is the real question. Sparkling or regular? Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship 
as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for, <laughs> isn't duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge with the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. Station at the same time. 
Hey, mutant nearest Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we gotta serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up a excellent mix of jazz latin gospel hip-hop and traditional folk ballads great stuff check it out labor and love is every saturday 10 a.m to 12 p.m serve somebody subliminal sf visual and auditory mind control brings you the best coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over san francisco and the bay area Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com and experience Subliminal SF. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Back 
This is Tussle Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Billy Bob, you ever want to be fun? Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl 